Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the podcast that lets every other podcaster save face. I mean, they're all excellent podcasters. They're doing what's best for them. I totally understand all their podcasting, and they can continue doing all their podcasting. They're good people. They're great podcasters. They're really excellent. They're going to be huge. And that's the way we feel about every other podcaster. You know, we understand totally everything they're doing to compete with us and how they won't just roll over and let us be the number one podcast in the world. It's all understandable. We love them all. They're all good people. That's how the lessons learned from Donald Trump podcast is. Speaking of which, I have with me my co-host, who is an excellent person, is huge, is awesome, is unbelievably fantastic. It's Mr. Everett Farnell. Oh, Steve, you're, every week you're so kind. You make me blush when you do the introduction. It's an outrageously good introduction. And you're absolutely right. These other podcasters, we sat down at the table with them. We had a conversation. We had to leave. Well, we, we wanted them to to, uh, to stop podcasting as often, to stop promoting it as yeah. much, and they, 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 they wouldn't, wouldn't do it. You know, they wouldn't make some concessions that we thought were very reasonable concessions and that everybody in the podcasting world agreed that they really needed to make. So we had to walk away because you got to be willing to walk away. But that doesn't mean that they're not good people, and that doesn't mean that they're, they're not good and we don't blame them. You know, I don't really blame them. They've spent a lot of time building up their podcast and promoting it a lot, and I don't really blame them from getting in line with the rest of the podcasting world and doing the right thing. I don't blame them. They're good people. They're excellent. They're good people, yeah. They're solid people, and I'm confident that we're going to come to an agreement, that we're going to get this worked out, but just sometimes it's not going to work out right away. It just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time for either of us, and they're very smart. They're good people, and I totally understand. And dear listener, of course, we're not talking about podcasting at all. We're talking about Donald Trump's recent visit where it's unbelievable. I mean, it's amazing that Trump took this 26-hour plane ride just to meet with Kim Jong-un. I mean, 26 hours of travel to have a meeting with another world leader is a ridiculous... I can't even imagine anyone sacrificing that much time to meet with another... Oh, wait a minute. Kim Jong-un took a 70-hour train ride. 70 hours on a train! First of all, by the way, he didn't fly back home, so do the math for Folks, that's 140 hours on a train in one week, which, by my calculator, let me get my calculator out here, a week has only 168 hours to begin with, and you choose to spend 140 hours of them locked up inside a train. What a life! But anyway, I digress. So these leaders went and had this sit down, and Trump knew full well, of course, way before he shows up. I mean, even the pundits were going like, why is he going over there? Kim is not ready yet. He hasn't given any list of anything. He hasn't made any concession at all. He hasn't indicated any. Why is Trump going over all the way? Well, you know, that's what Trump does. He's making a sales call, and he made one sales call before. First, he worked to get the appointment like crazy. Then he made the sales call. Now he made the second sales call, and 
And after the second sales call, the sale still wasn't made. And at that point, Trump doesn't respond like he does to other enemies who won't do what he wants, like Crooked Hillary and Lion Ted and Little Marco and Crazy Bernie and whoever gets in his way, Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, he just rails off on them for every single thing they do. So he sat there and post conference interviews, and obviously see all of them, or probably 90% of them, but from what I saw, Trump was, well, you know, what happened? Why did talks break down? Why did nothing get done? Well, you know, uh, you know, Kim is a really smart guy. He's an excellent guy. And, you know, I don't blame him for not doing anything. The time wasn't right. Maybe later, you know, he spent a lot of time building up his program. I didn't expect him to just give it away. But he's a really good guy. And he's a great guy. And whoa. And then all the anti-Trumpers, of course, well, you're coddling a dictator. And it's amazing how you cozy up to other fascists around the world. Dude. They even know better. They know that Trump is a salesman, and a sa- that's the lesson learned this week from Donald Trump, folks. All business owners are salesmen. That's what we do. We're in, we got to sell stuff, or else we don't really. I don't care how good our product or service is. If we don't sell it. We don't got a business. So Trump right. is a salesman extraordinaire, of course. And salesmen know if you don't make the sale on the first visit, leave the door open for a second visit. If you don't make the sale on the second visit, leave the door open for a third and a fourth visit. And what better way to leave the door open than to let your opponent save face when he doesn't buy? I mean, here, let me tell you. Uh, I'll tell you a real brief story, and I'll turn it over to you, Everett. When I was in nine years. Listeners might know, regular listeners would know, I was in door-to-door sales for nine years. And we had, it could be very frustrating to go out in the rain and go sometimes for hours and hours without making a sale and being thrown out and told to get a real job and get that crap out of here and you suck and what a loser and blah, blah, blah. It can be very tempting to just go off and get frustrated. And sometimes the newer salespeople that I was interviewing, hiring, training, managing would sometimes have the tendency to snap and snap back at the prospect who just said no and say, well, then you're an idiot. Have a nice day, you loser. You suck and walk out. And I'm like, yeah, see, you don't do that. Because what would happen is sometimes I would go into an area and I'd be walking down the street in my stuff and I'd go into a door and the person, as soon as I open the door, the person from way back in the back of the business behind the counter, we go, get out, get out. I don't see any of your stuff. And I'm like, you don't even, he goes, you guys suck. I I don't need any more of your crap from any of you guys. You're never coming in here again. And I'm like, see what happened? We called it burning the territory. So when a bad salesperson loses, we called it losing your attitude and burning a territory. If you're going to snap on people just because they don't buy, no matter how much you think, of course, I can't believe it. It's a no-brainer. I mean, we all do. We all think, I can't believe they didn't buy my stuff. I can't believe that they didn't become my client. I can't believe they didn't hire me. We don't say that to them. We don't say to them, you idiot. What's the matter with you? We do like Trump did, and we let the prospect save face because we leave the door open to make the sale another day. And if we snap at him, if Trump snapped at him, that would hurt the sales process. Am I on track here, Everett? Oh, exactly. You're 100% correct. Zig Ziglar had a great saying. He said, you always want to leave a prospect appointment in such a way, whether they buy or whether they don't buy, so that the next salesperson can gain even easier access than you gain. In other words, you want to leave that prospect really feeling good about that interaction. Now, Rocket Man can go back to his people 
He can tell him how he ran off the American president. How he ran him out of the place because he couldn't negotiate with him. And then, of course, they're going to have clips of him saying what a nice guy he is and how smart he is and all that kind of stuff. So he gets to go back and show that all to his people. Well, I don't care how smart he is, how savvy he is, how jaded he is. When you give somebody that kind of ego boost, they like you. Even if you know what they're doing, you still can't help it. It still feels good to have somebody tell you how smart you are and how savvy you are and how wonderful you are. Even if you know that this is somebody I'm negotiating with, and even if you know, and you know that you know that the only reason that they're saying it is because they want to get a better negotiating position, it still feels good. And if Well, it and it beats good, the crap out of the alternative of right, well, Trump well, it's a, saying, so okay, little guy. rocket man, you idiot. Now oh. you, that you wasted my time coming over here, and you stupidly said, no, I'll come back again. <laughs> well, know? and right, so, so now Kim inevitably likes President Trump a little bit more than he liked him before the meeting. And, you know, when you're selling Learjet, and let's face it, we're, we're not, you know, I mean, you gave the example of your nine years in door-to-door sales. Those were impulse sales. But people aren't right. buying Learjets on impulse. That's what Trump is selling here. He's selling a Learjet. He's not going to do it on the first sales call or the second sales call. It might take 15 or 20 meetings and negotiations and talking among their underlings. And That's a really great point. With that ambassador. And if he doesn't have a good relationship, keep in mind, Reagan and Gorbachev are the ones who stopped the Cold War. It wasn't the people in the country who was behind them. It wasn't the Congress who was supporting Reagan. It wasn't the administration who was supporting Reagan. Same thing on the other side with Gorbachev. It was Reagan and Gorbachev because they liked each other and got along well. That's what stopped the Cold War. That's what brought the Cold That's War. That's a really great point. People that know my door-to-door sales like you do, I was selling stuff, knockoff stuff that was $20, $30 in the store, and we sold it for 5 bucks on the street. So right, it was an instant decision, and therefore the frustrated door-to-door salesperson person had the temptation to snap and say, there is no follow-up. There is no not thinking, as you pointed out in your Zig Ziglar quote and in my story, that about burning the territory for the next guy or for even yourself coming back next week with something different like we did. You know, I had a friend years ago who I did some work with. He sold fire engines. And just like you say with Learjets, he sold fire engines. So he was selling them to, first of all, to municipalities, of course, the government entities that, of course, take forever to get the budgeting and say, oh, yeah, you know, we don't have it in our budget to buy a fire engine and to put out 800 grand. And this is 35 years ago until four years from now. Well, he didn't just say, I'll be back in four years. He whined and dined him and flew over to see him every six months and show him the newest, latest, whatever model of something. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, they hired me. And they trained me, and he, because he used to brag about what a cushy job he had. He said, "Look, I got an amazing expense account, and I got a great salary, and I'm not even expected to make a sale for years. Right, so I have no, right. not even stress. They won't even judge me until five years into the job that I start maybe selling one fire engine. And then the other thing he said was, all I got to do is sell one a year to make my nut." To make my quota. You sell one 600, 800,000 piece of equipment and he gets his $50,000 bonus on top of his six-figure salary or whatever. So yeah, that's you, exactly you love it. analogous to what Trump is doing, which, of course, the anti-Trumpers don't want to 
acknowledge that, even though they know that, that Trump is selling, as you said, a Learjet, a fire engine, or something that takes many, many... It's a, it, in, in the world of the entrepreneur or the business owner, it's a complex, high-ticket sale. So, exactly. in other words, yeah. if you're yeah, a roofer, you're not selling a, hey, there's a major leak going on in the roof and I'll patch it. No, you're selling a, hey, let's redo your entire roof on your entire place and it's not leaking. That's a big decision. Right. It could take multiple sales calls. Well, then of course it behooves you to learn the lesson this week from Donald Trump. And when you go in for the first sales call and go, look, I know your roof's not leaking, but you've had it 10 years and it's about to start. And so you ought to put $40,000 into redoing the whole thing. And they say, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm not ready yet. You idiot. What's the matter with you? Don't do that. Well, okay, you know, take the lesson learned from Donald Trump and say, you know, I understand and blah, 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 and let him save face. It's funny that you say that, Steve, because I, I actually, one of my salespeople chased a guy for like six oh, no. or seven or eight months. His roof was old. He knew he needed to get it replaced, but it was not leaking. Just exactly the situation you said. The salesman's name was Turney Prince. He was a great salesman. Best follow-up guy I've ever seen in my life. And he just stayed on this guy. And no other roofer would stay on him. And he just stayed on this guy. And every week, or every couple of weeks he'd call them and he'd make up an excuse to call them and he'd just stay with them and he always left them smiling and happy and he finally he was driving through his neighborhood on another sales call and he calls the guy and says hey listen let me stop by I'm going to be in your neighborhood tomorrow around this and this time okay come on by so he came by and now keep in mind he'd been working on this sale for six or seven months he just put in a little bit of time and he wasn't working full time on it obviously because he, he was still selling a bunch of other rooms but he would just every week or two he'd touch base with the guy make up a reason to contact and send him a, a little letter in the mail, whatever. And he finally got the guy. They finally came to an agreement on price. They were negotiating back and forth. And Turney's a pretty tough negotiator, and, and obviously this guy was too. And they finally came to an agreement. Now, keep in mind, Turney had earned the right to do this. But the guy looks up. He says, okay, I'll do it. Give me a call next week, and uh, we'll get everything signed. And Turney said, oh, no, you slippery rat. No, you <laughs> don't. Go get your checkbook right now. And the guy laughed and went and got his checkbook. So... <laughs> But I love it. It's that he had earned the right to do that, and he had. And now you know. You know, of course, good. you're dipping into and foreshadowing the advanced tip of the week, which is not only you're right. letting them save face for the future, but we're talking about how to build rapport in the first place, and that's exactly. another. That's the advanced lesson learned from Donald Trump this week that. Everett just gave you a little taste of, but we're going to give you step-by-step step exactly how to do it, and even more importantly, what not to say and how not to do it in this week's Advanced Tip of the Week, which, as always, to get it, dear listener, all you got to do is go to the website, LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com, and get that Advanced Tip. Put that to use just like you're going to put the Basic Tip of the Week every week into use, and watch your business explode. Oh! I'm killing myself. No pun intended. That'll do it for this episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. Catch us again next week, same time, same channel. Catch you then. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and join us next time. Unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.